Hello, and thank you for stopping by this science fiction podcast from Third Flatiron Publishing in Boulder, Colorado. Today we're presenting the short story Hogmanay Y2K, or Pay It Backward, by Juliana Rue. Julie hails from Boulder, Colorado. She's a former science and technical writer-editor for the National Center for Atmospheric Research and currently is chief editor at Third Flatiron, producing ebooks and science fiction anthologies. For more from Third Flatiron, check out our website at thirdflatiron.com and subscribe to our RSS feed. This time travel tale is set in Glasgow, Scotland, a city famous for its New Year's Eve celebrations. And now, here's Hogmanay Y2K, or Pay It Backward, read by Keely Root, who lives in nearby air. Hogmanay Y2K, or Pay It Backward. Ten, nine, eight. Cecile's every atom burst apart and reassembled itself other when. The transporter deposited her in an alley next to Buchanan Street, Glasgow. She squelched the urge to Ralph as she gathered herself together. It's a good thing she had skipped breakfast. Cecile wanted to see real fireworks, back when they used to do it right. The natives worried about turn-of-the-century terrorism, but the real danger was going to be from Mother Nature. By the 22nd century, fireworks, fireballs would be banned, as they could set whole counties ablaze. Oh, away you go, a startled cop said, directing traffic and waving her on. Cecile looked the part. She was a Canadian of Scottish heritage, as well as French, German, Irish, Italian, English, Hungarian, Senegalese, and a touch of android. Technology had provided many advances in the past few hundred years, including time travel and an end to hunger. The latter problem solved, Cecile was one of many who looked for other projects to give them purpose. She was excited to win this trip in a fundraiser for the hard-hit natives of Y2K Scotland. She was here to spread the wealth to less fortunate people of the past. It was New Year's Eve, 2000. Hogmanay. She shivered in her leather jacket. Man, it's brutal. But I'm actually going to get to celebrate Hogmanay when Scotland was still cold, before global warming changed the climate. In spite of the biting cold, a large crowd was streaming in toward the square to see the light show. She followed her ears toward the beacon of blaring music. Oops, sorry. One of the eager natives bumped into her in his hurry to get to the square. No worries, she said. Glasgow at Y2K was a sinister of the tipping point. After this date, there had been no turning back from runaway global warming. Until Cecile's time, that is, when everything returned to copacetic via planetary engineering. Now her people meddled with the past like nobody's business. Why not make it like it never happened in the first place? Cecile felt a slight twinge of doubt about whether she was doing the right thing. Her parents disapproved of the project and discouraged her from claiming her prize. They were time Tories, part of a conservative movement to stop trying to fix the past. What's done is done, they said. We can't be certain about the long-term results of tampering with the past. Things are fine now. Why go back and change something we've now got solved? She frowned and shook off the thought. This will prevent a lot of needless death and suffering, saving lives that didn't have to be sacrificed and I'll be the one to do it. Northern Europe was the canary in the coal mine and the hardest hit. My parents are just jealous that I won the raffle and they didn't. She straightened her shoulders and stepped into George Square. The raucous skirl of bagpipes, clamor of inebriated celebrants, and general confusion provided ample cover. 
This is going to be a piece of cake if I don't freeze my ass off. Cecile raised her external skin temperature with a subfocal tweak to her nanos, then doffed her authentic woolen mittens and reached for the device she had secreted in her right pocket. The Penrose transmitter was shaped like an asthma inhaler, used by many of the natives. Her fingers fumbled about the empty pocket. Maybe she'd put it in her left pocket. A quick shot of adrenaline caused her hands to tremble. It was gone! In a panic, she spun in a circle, looking from face to face. They all looked alike. It was becoming a blur. It must have been that native who bumped into me. Then it dawned. He wasn't a native. Cecile began pushing her way back to the alley where the drop had been. The TT agent probably was headed back there. When I get back, Mom's going to get an earful from me. Excuse me. Pardon me. Could I just get by? Coming through? Fighting the tide of people was taking a distressingly long time. There he was. She should have known from his London fog trench coat with an Inverness cape like Sherlock Holmes. No self-respecting Glaswegian punk would wear such a thing. Hey, you! She yelled, tackling him. They struggled, falling to the ground numerous times, getting back up to pummel each other again. Most people hurried by, ignoring them. Finally, the cop showed up. Break it up, he said, pulling them apart like two rag dolls. Police here must be seven feet tall, Cecile thought. You all right, sir? The cop asked. What? He started it by... Cecile started to say, Get on with it, the cop said and shoved her away. The agent smiled. Cecile scowled and disappeared back into the crowd. There was still time. When she was back in the square, she slipped the transmitter out of her Doc Martin boot. I can pick pockets too, you bastard. Holding it near her mouth, she worked her way through the jostling crowd over to the statue of Robbie Burns. Pressing the plunger, she launched the signal that at 0 GMT would bring 60,000 satellites from the future to vacuum up 200 billion tons of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and send it to containers on the far side of the moon. One minute to go. Her teeth were chattering and her throat was dry. Cecile took a swig from a flask of the local firewater, which she had been assured was a very fine single malt scotch. She offered to share it with a tall, dark, thirsty-looking stranger who appeared grateful. Suddenly, rockets exploded into the sky, while shouts of Happy New Year filled the air. A circle of natives formed, linking arms and swaying together. Cecile squeezed in for warmth and bellowed out the song at the top of her lungs. She knew it down to the last verse. And here's a hand, my trusty friends, for old lang syne. Thanks for listening to this podcast from thirdflatiron.com. Music and sound production were by Andrew Cairns.